Today is Friday, May 8th, 2020, and welcome to this episode of the Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, Adam Zucala. Uh, welcome uh, to a, I, I hope, of what is a very happy episode. Uh, we got tons of good news. Uh, hey, sports are coming back. I've said this before and multiple times again, and I'm probably going to say it multiple times this episode because it's just repetitive by now. Sports are going to come back, and 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 they are, and they are now, as we're seeing uh, more and more uh, restrictions ease off in a lot of countries, and that allows leagues to open up, which we're going to get to in today's episode. So, what do we have in today's episode? Well, first of all, uh, well, we have the conversation about uh, the the Bundesliga, or the DFL, the Deutsch uh, Football League. And their opening week schedule, their opening weekend schedule, like I said in the last podcast, they're coming back late May, but now they have officially said when they are coming back. We also are going to talk about uh, the, pra- the practice facilities, the NBA practice facilities, and most uh, and most notably the Toronto Raptors. Uh, they've been allowed to open up their facility, so we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, as well, we'll get into um, about the uh, NHL's... Um, that, that memo that was sent out, still no official word on it yet, but uh, Bill Daly talked about it, so we'll get into that. And as well, uh, international games uh, for the NHL uh, next year. Uh, those have been postponed. We'll kind of get into that a little bit. Uh, we'll also get into this, uh, football. Football is our main topic today. Uh, so we'll get into the NFL schedule that was released yesterday. Uh, and as well... Uh, we'll talk about their protocol for opening up their practice practice facilities, and as well, the CFL is in deep trouble with their this season. If they even play, most likely they'll not, as their commissioner says. And we'll get into that a bit more and why. So, hey, listen, it's Friday. It's a good Friday, you know. Good news Friday. We'll call it Good News Friday today. Uh, so let's get the weekend started off with some good news. And let's get into this episode. Let's go. So our main topic today, we're gonna we have a lot of football news. We have three different news just new news ish things uh, for football. So let's get right into it. So uh, the NFL schedule was released uh, Thursday. Thursday, I think it's it was around five o'clock uh, for all thirty two teams. Um, and so it, there's a lot of uh, talk around it now. Uh, like I said last episode, this is Roger Goodell hopes that this is a untouched, untouched, unaltered schedule, or it it will it it will uh, he hopes it can be an untouched, unaltered schedule. Um, it, there is a possibility it, it might have to make few, uh, uh, changes to its schedule. Uh, they're also hoping that this schedule uh, is in time for that people uh, fans can be back in uh, their seats in the stadium to watch their team play. So, listen, the NFL, even though, like, this is their offseason and they have to release this stuff, they're getting an A-plus for this pandemic, all their news from the pandemic, right? They had their draft, and then they have this. And they had, like, it wasn't free agency a little bit in there. They had a little bit of free agency in there, right? So, I mean, A-plus for NFL and what they've been doing throughout this pandemic. I mean, what are other leagues going to do, right? You can't, the NHL can't 
and the NHL can't do much, right? Because it's their their playoffs, their season, the NBA, same thing. The MLB, we're supposed to start their year, but, you know, they're all in their, they're all in, like, in their season. Like, they're all in their zone for uh, the start of the year, right? So, or in in that year, the season. So, the NFL is in their, uh, they're in their uh, offseason. So, it's really, they have to release this stuff, right? But, listen, it could have gone bad for the NFL if the draft was just terrible and very, like, you know, it could have gone really bad with all the internet and technology and everything they were using. It could have gone very bad. Uh, and I think it was even mentioned that during one of their test runs, it literally, it the, the system crashed or whatnot. So, hey, and the, when the big show had when the big show had to happen, it, 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 it was really good. So... A plus for the NFL. So let's get on to the schedule. Now I found an article uh, on Sportsnet, and this and the guy wrote about the seven can't miss games of the year and different uh, and 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 the reasons why. Uh, now my idiot self did not put down the day and the times. I have the week and the teams. I just don't have the day it was it is on. Although except for one of them, I, I think I understand and I know why and I, or I know what it is. So here we go. So in week one. We have the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, facing the Saints at the Superdome. So, and this guy says, none will be as big, however, as the pair of uh, contests against Brady's new rival in the Big Easy and reigning division title winners, New Orleans Saints. Arguably next season's juiciest rivalry, rivalry, Brady and Drew Brees is the epic quarterback showdown that has always been missing from TB12's time in the AFC. The Saints are undoubtedly a top five team and arguably, and arguably the class of the NFC and represent the biggest threat to Brady's consecutive uh, division title streak, which currently sits at 11. Now the NFC East gets a a bit more juicier, right? With Tom Brady and for the saints, I'm worried, man, because listen, they are, they are still a top team. I'm not, I'm not ragging on them at all, but Tom Brady, he could do some magic stuff. You could do some magical things, man. He could be like LeBron and the Cavaliers in 2018. Now I'm not saying, Brady just has himself like he still has he, he has other pieces as well but it can it could also be like it could also act like that in a way like how he he could just carry all those guys so we'll have to see what happens I mean the Saints they just the Saints I they do I, this guy says top five team I agree with that they've had the chance to go to the Super Bowl those past three years they've had great teams those past three years they just they, they haven't been able to get past the team called the Minnesota Vikings right and also that pass interference call that should have been pass interference but i'm just saying it, it it the saints are i feel like the saints have a good chance this year they have a good chance at you know coming out of their shell in a way so now we go on to the second game the los angeles chargers my los angeles chargers facing off against the Bengals in week one now it is the Bengals, but this guy's this guy says this Burrow's first action as, as a pro is intriguing for a couple of reasons. First, how will such a dominant season at LSU immediately translate to into the NFL? Because Burrow is going to be the starter, as we saw with the Andy Dalton release and signing to the Cowboys. We all know uh, we all know what a coin flip the number one pick is in all sports, and most NFL teams do not have a look do not have to look too far into the past to find a high selected they'd love to do over. And what makes Burrow's case all that more interesting are the two quarterbacks selected after him. Tua, I'm not even going to try his last name because I, I just call him Tua, and Justin Herbert, the latter of whom could start in this game, 
should he be out Tyrod Taylor for LA's starting job? That's why this game is a must-watch. You could possibly have two of the top three quarterbacks in last year's draft facing off against each other in that game. Now, would Tyrod Taylor start? I feel like Tyrod Taylor has the uh, upper hand on it, so I could see that being a possibility. But, man, it would just be awesome if Herbert played that first game. I mean, it is the Cincinnati Bengals, and they're not. They're still not, you know, it's not that, it's not like they've been upgraded from last year, um, like the Buccaneers, like that big of a jump. But, I mean, it, it would be still a game to watch, and it's Burrow's first game, so you have to, it would be a good game to watch. So then we move on to week two, and this is game three. It would be the Saints facing off against the Las Vegas Raiders. Why is this so important? Well, first of all, it's the first game in Las Vegas uh, for the NFL. And that's why this makes it so big with the new stadium they got there. Holy cow. Y'all, if y'all like, have y'all seen that stadium? Like I've showed it a lot. I think if you, if you've been, if you watched the draft, they showed the stadium, like a, the um, flyover shot a lot. It looks like a, it looks like a space station, man. It looks like, it looks like a spaceship, not even a space, it's a spaceship. Like, it, it, like, man, that, that, that stadium is awesome. I mean, even at night when I got that white lights on it, they got like the white lights, like the lines. Just, oh, man. So that's why this game is on here because it's the first game in LA. Uh, I also saw a few games. The NFL said a few games. Uh, well, also the games for the Chargers at home and the Rams at home because they're now they're now sharing SoFi Stadium, which is going to be set. So be pretty, pretty interesting there. Uh, next game. Game number four would be the Kansas City Chief at, at the Baltimore Ravens in week three. It's the so this guy goes on to say it's the AFC Championship game that everyone wanted in 2019 in the 2019 playoffs, but never got it because of the Tennessee Titans run last January. For the third straight year, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, the NFL's last two MVPs, will square off in the regular season. While the Chiefs are two and zero in those games, both of them were barn burners. So yes, the Chiefs ran away with both those games. Why is this important? Here is that this they have the chance this year a redo. They have a redo this year to make it a close game, like kind of like a uh, AFC championship uh, Patriots and the Chiefs uh, two years ago, right? That game was close, neck and neck the entire way, even though it went to overtime, right? I think that's what people are hoping for with this game with Lamar and Patrick Mahomes, right? You know, it would just be pretty interesting to see. Now, I, I, I hope and I wonder if this year could be a possible fluke for the Ravens. I was thinking about this. I'm like, you know, I, I hope, I hope not. It doesn't not because when Lamar Jackson is a fantastic quarterback and I just hope that that year last year was just not like a one-off year and his team was just, I hope, I hope they continue how they're doing. I think they will. So I'm praying that, you know, it's, uh, they, they do well uh, this year again. Uh, our next game, game number five would be the San Francisco 49ers facing off against the Seattle Seahawks in week eight. And, uh, this guy says it would be hard to argue there was a better pair of divisional games last last season than the two between the NFC West rivals Seattle and San Francisco. Didn't they play like two times in the last four weeks or something like that, which came down to the wire in the standings? It's almost unfair to expect the 2020 2020 uh, 49ers and Seahawks clashes to live up to it too clo- uh, to those of 2019. But these two teams and all AFC West divisional games, for that matter, rarely fail to deliver. Yeah. I, I could agree with that because that, that NFC West is pretty strong. They got the 49ers, Seahawks, 
And they also have the Rams and the Cardinals. I hope the, Car- the Cardinals are probably that that fourth bottom team there, but still, you know, there there's the at least those top three teams are pretty even. I the the Rams last year kind of had like a little off year, so can they bounce back? Right, and we'll see how it goes there. Week six, the Cleveland Browns at the uh, at the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. Week fifteen, so. Last year, when the Browns were supposed to play the Giants back at MetLife, it was supposed to be OBJ's first game back. He never played. He didn't play last year's game. But this year, hopefully, they'll have a chance to see him play again. And what will happen? Uh, this guy's last comment on this this game said, whether this game will be an improvement on Beckham's first game back at MetLife is a mystery. But won't lead up. Uh, but the lead up won't lack any drama. And I think it would. It, it sure would not. Because, uh, listen, the Browns, they got a lot to live up to this year. They're saying they are saying they have less hype than last year because of their kind of failed season. But, listen, this is, this is going to be tough for the Browns if they don't do anything this year. Uh, I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year. I don't think uh, they're, they're, they're close to Super Bowl contention yet. I would say the farthest they possibly could go is maybe the first round of the wild card, which is now like – six games but i'm just saying or well three games per conference so yeah so the first like one of those wild card games is and they'll probably i hope well not i hope well i hope they lose because i'm not a fan of the browns but i feel like that's as far as they could go is maybe the wild card and that's if they're that's if they're lucky and they get and they and they find their find their pieces but if they don't i don't think I don't think they'll they'll have they'll have a bit, little bit of trouble. All right. So and then the seventh game is the Buffalo Bills facing off against the New England Patriots in Week 16. The Buffalo Bills apparently have four Monday night games this year. Like boom, there's here you go, Buffalo. You've been mediocre for the past how many years? And then this year you just boom, <laughs> you're placed with four Monday night games. Show up, and this one's against the Patriots, and they've had a lot of. Conflict with the Patriots over the past few years. Obviously, we know Tom Brady, and now he left. You know, Bill Belichick's thirty-five and five against the Bills, and they have the Bills have not won against the Patriots since October second, two thousand sixteen. So, listen, the Bills are now the favorites in the East, depending on how the Patriots do. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes, man. Can the Bills take advantage? That's that's the key right here. That's the key. That is the key of this year. If the Bills can take advantage of the the Pats not having uh not having uh uh Brady and you know Gronk, even though he wasn't there last year, but he's now you know somewhere else as well, right? So that's massive there. All right, so those are the top. Uh, those are the seven games that you should that are much that you should watch. Those are must watches throughout the entire year because they will be pretty pretty exciting. We'll move on to the next uh, football news here. We got the NFL. So also with the schedule, um, Roger Goodell set a protocol for the reopening of their training facilities. And this is what it, this is what it says. The NFL has set protocols on reopening team facilities and has told the 32 teams to have them in place by May 15th. Sports are coming back some way, shape, or form. I know the NFL doesn't play until September, but that's still huge. Uh, in a memo sent by Commissioner Roger Goodell and obtained Wednesday night by the Associated Press, several phrases of the protocol were laid. Uh, phases of the protocol were laid out. 
The first phase would involve a limited play, uh, number of non-player personnel, initially 50% of non-player hang on, employees, up to a total of 75 on any single day, being, appro being approved to be at the facility. But state or local regulations could acquire a lower number. Individual clubs would decide which employees could return to the, to the facility and one once the facility is reopened. No players would be permitted in the facility except to continue therapy or and rehabilitation for injuries. That, that was underway when the facilities were ordered to close in late March by Goodell. While these protocols have been caref carefully developed and reflect best practices, Goodell wrote, they could also be adapted and su uh, supplemented to ensure compliance with any state or local health uh, requirements. Goodell noted that the league is actively working on the next phase of reopening, uh, which will involve more uh, both more staffers and players. Uh, he said that the players' union is also being consulted on these steps. Those protocol those those protocols are not yet fully developed, and even uh, Doctor Doctor Alan Sills, the uh, NFL's medical doctor, will speak with each team phys physician and infection control officer to discuss implementation and medical aspects of the protocols. So. How does the NFL that's not even playing right now? My question is this: This is great news for the NFL and their players, right? Because the you know it, it's hard for these players to rehab not at their facility, and I'm sure every every team, right? It's it's different, right? But my question is this: How does a team or how does a league that does not have that's not playing they they, they right now they're not playing and they've done more than a, a league like MLB, who's supposed to be playing right now. The league, MLB, have said nothing. But Goodell has come out here, released the schedule. Now their schedule is in September, and it should be better by them, but I'll give them less. Uh, they're, they're, they don't get a full point for that. But then also, they're not even playing. And they're saying, yeah, you come back by May 15th. What has the MLB said? The NHL, they're getting there. Uh, the NBA, they they open today to some some teams. The, the, the European soccer, that's coming back too. There's actually multiple leagues that have uh, said that they are coming back. I just didn't get to that today. What has the MLB done? I know this is football news. I don't have any baseball news today because there is none. They've not done anything. The best we got was new divisions. And possible playing in Florida, Arizona, or te Texas. That's all I've got. This is terrible. Good on Goodell. Goodell is getting an A-plus for me on this pandemic, uh, commissioners in the pandemic. I tell you that much. I'm giving Goodell, the, the rating goes Goodell, then probably Adam Silver because he's been probably the most vocal, then Batman, and then Manfred. Manfred hasn't done jack all. He hasn't done anything. He he gives he first of all he gives the Astros. I'm not even going to get into the Astros all that much. I don't want to the the worst like <laughs> the worst uh, punishment ever for what they did. They cheated and he he did nothing. Then the Red Sox got off almost scot free. Like and then he's doing nothing. Like, I know they're still talking about it. I know they're obviously talking about it. But I, I can't wrap my head. <laughs> There's been no news. There has been no news about this. I'm not going to get into too much. I'm, I am I, I don't want to rant about stuff like this. But good on the NFL. Listen, they, they, they're not even playing. And they're opening up facilities. So, 
honestly, if I was, I Goodell has balls, man. He has balls. If I was the commissioner of the uh, NFL, I'd probably say, okay, we're not playing right now. We still have time to chill, uh, to open up our practice facilities. But hey, Goodell's got some balls, man. All right. All right, let's move on to our last bit of news here. We got the CFL, the Canadian Football League, and uh, Commissioner Randy Ambrosi is not having that great of conversation with the Canadian government to get money for financial assistance. This is an article, and I'm going to read the article to you. It has lots of quotes uh, and lots of talk. It, it, this this article takes up almost it takes up two pages basically, and it's just. It talks about uh, Randy Ambrosi's meeting with the uh, House of Commons. So this is this is what the article read. Federal politicians gave CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi a, a, a rough ride Thursday during his testimony before the House of Commons Standing Committee uh, on Finance. Ambrosi spoke via video uh, during a panel on arts, culture, sports, and charitable organizations. His appearance came after news broke last week that the CFL has requested up to $150 million in financial assistance from the federal government due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. During his testimony, Ambrosi said that the league's future is very much in jeopardy, adding CFL teams collectively lost about $20 million last year. He made it for the first time that most likely the, mo- the most likely scenario for the CFL is, c- is a canceled 2020 season. Artists has a big brand, but not as a... what but not a wealthy business, Ambrosi said. Unlike large U.S.-based leagues, our biggest source of revenue is not TV. It's ticket sales. Governments coping coping with COVID-19 for reasons of public health that we, are, that we totally support. We've made it impossible, it had, or have made it impossible for us to, to do what we, what we do. Our best case scenario for this year is drastically uh, truncated season, and our most likely scenario is no season at all. Following Ambrosi's presentation, MPs Kevin uh, Juan, uh, Peter Julian, and Peter Fregzis Katos, oh Jesus, why <laughs> two of them are tough names, all took turns taking the CFL commissioner to task. At all times, Ambrosi appeared on the defense. Some of your comments have a lot of holes in them, said said uh, Vaughn. I, I, Vaughn. It's W-A-U-G-H. I'm saying Vaughn. I'm sorry, y'all. A former sports journalist who asked the CFL what they're uh, what asked that the CFL is looking for a bailout or loan. What we're looking for is a partnership with the government. Ambrosi said, "Our fundamental position is what we're looking uh, for financial support that we want to pay back uh, to the Canadians. It is a form. If it's in the form of a loan, perhaps we pay some of the loan back through programs. We're we're lo- we're really looking for a business relationship that would be good for Canadians in the long run." Vaughn also pointed out the CFL's three community-based franchises, Edmonton, Eskimo, Edmonton Eskimos, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, all, t- all turned seven-figure profits in 2018. He added the league's six remaining franchises are privately owned by people or corporations with deep pockets. The fact is that the face of, the, of essentially a zero-revenue model, all our teams, including our community teams, are going to suffer significant losses that are going to be hard to recover from them, remember what she said? The real issue is the crisis is essentially going to quadruple or more the financial losses that our teams uh, will take in a season that could potentially be altogether. Julian wondered why Ambrosi's presentation didn't include any presence by the CFL's Players Association. All those are world-class athletes, as you said, as you said, uh, that actually are the heart and soul of the CFL, Julian said. 
what would they be saying if they were before the committee? And how much of the financial support are you requesting uh, would be directly to the players of the CFL? The CFL and its players have resumed meeting for potentially contingency plans uh, for the 20 season after talks broke off uh, for roughly two weeks ago. And Bruce said Thursday, the two sides are scheduled to gather Friday. As for how much will the players or how much will the, will go to the players? We'll have to work that out. And Bruce said, we know, for example, our players and alumni could be a potential solution in the healing of Canada. Our approach was that simply uh, is that we simply wanted the government uh, to know that we need we need help. The details of how much it all comes together are yet to be decided, and that has to be with our players, and that has to be done with governments with with government as our partners. Julian remained undeterred. Thank you for your answer, he said. But the reality, but the reality is, as we know, it's the CFL players that are that are the heart of the CFL football, and we think it's important we hear from them as quickly as possible. Julian also questioned Ambrosi. Uh, questioned Brozy about some of the corporations and individual involved individuals involved in the CFL ownership. He added, at the time when many Canadians are struggling, isn't isn't the isn't it the league's wealthier ownership stepping up to provide support for the CFL? All those groups and people uh, you mentioned have been stepping up. Ambrosi said, "The question really, uh, the question really for for us is how how many losses can these owners take when they've been approximately losing." A total of twenty million a year, and there is now, of course, a dramatic acceler. There's a dramatic, dramatically accelerated level of losses that will come with a truncated season or a loss altogether. Fregis Katos. Oh, geez, I can't say. <laughs> I'm laughing. Asking Rosie why the CFL had approached government and not banks for financial assist- assistance. I think the answer lies in the fact that the league last year we approximately we lost approximately twenty million. Rosie said. First, first of all, some of our teams are community teams uh, that, by the virtue of their structure, can't take uh, traditional commercial credit. Uh, he countered, if banks won't support the CFL, why should the federal government support the CFL? It's not a question whether the banks would support us, Ambrose said. The bigger issue, the bigger issue is you're, taking, you're now taking a $20 million loss, dollar loss, and you're almost certainly making that loss bigger in, years, in the future years. Our challenge is... We're going to see uh, our losses grow as a result of not being able to play games. And if you add uh, traditional consumer debt to our financial statements, all you're going to do is bloat our losses and not make our losses reducted. Holy jeez. The CFL has already canceled the start of training camp, which we're scheduled to open this month, uh, and and pushed back the opening of its regular season to early July at the earliest. Ambrosia acknowledged uh, more cancellations of the game games could be looming. We are currently operating uh, on the money of our fans, and and to a lesser extent, the broadcasters and sponsors uh, pay us in advance for games. And Roshi said, "The day is fast approaching when we'll have to cancel several games and perhaps the season. And then our fans and partners will have every right to demand their money back. At the moment, our financial crisis will become really big, re- uh, re- very real, and very big." On a ban of large gatherings means no revenue, no business for us. We want to ensure it. It also does not mean no CFL for the future. Ambrosi made it clear these are desperate times for the CFL. I don't mind telling you that this is this is humbling, but the fact that we need uh, is that we need your support. He said, so we can so we can be there for for all the community groups that depend on it. Whether it come what whenever it comes, we want our next great cup, Canada's one hundred and eighth, to be placed where we. To be to be the place where we could all celebrate that we got we we did get through this.
and that's is Canada or and that Canada is back. Holy jeez. So <laughs> CFL's in trouble, man. It doesn't look like the government is budging. Uh, Ambrosi's trying to push it, but they're not budging, man. They're not moving. Like I could the CFL might be in trouble here. And and what what I, I, I could agree with both sides here. Ambrosi wants Canadians to be happy by having football being played and not having to cancel the year. But at the same time, the MPs are saying here that you're just, you, Ambrosi is the only one talking. They're asking, what are the players saying? Listen, the players' talks broke down. That's not good. Unless they just, they, they, like, the players' talks broke down. And they're starting up today again. I don't think Ambrosi is going to go to the like Ambrosi is probably now going to the players' association saying, "Hey, we got we need people to talk here because that's that's who they're only going to listen to. We need players and coaches and alumni to come out here and talk." So I don't know when we'll hear next about this uh, the CFL business here and the government, and, but it it I feel like the gov- uh, CFL is in a hole. I don't think Ambrosi Ambrosi is looking for the money fast. But he wasn't prepared for, he wasn't prepared at all for uh, what the MPs were going to say back to him, right? And I mean, it, it is true. Ambrosi is speaking the truth here. The government will basically make fun of the CFL for having like a $20 million plus Dollar loss, dollar loss, uh, in their future years. Like they're gonna say this, this league can't is not supported. Like they don't have the money, and they're gonna like they're gonna rip them. But the problem is when you really look back at it, they weren't giving them the help, right? So, CFL's in tough times, man. Do do I see the season starting back up? I don't know because this is not really. So this is not solidified. This is news, but it's not solidified saying they, the government's not granting it and, or they did, right? If they did grant it, I'd say, okay, the CFL could come back. But if they don't, I don't think I could see it at all coming back, but they're still, they still, they're still in discussions, right? So you can't really say they're canceling the year just because they haven't got the money. Although it doesn't look like it's going that way. All right. So that's the football news we got for today. Uh, when we come back, we got some news about the international NHL games next year, and as well as that memo that was sent out May 1st. We got some news on that. So we, we will be right back. All right, we are back with our, our next segment here on the Sports Talk Podcast, and we have some NHL news uh, that came out actually today about their international games that they've restarted over the past three years, right? They had Ottawa and Colorado play and, and they, they went back this year. I think Winnipeg went this year and uh, I forget the other, or Florida went this year. They played a few games out in Europe, uh, which they did actually about 10 years ago. Right. Uh, But next year they will not be happening as the NHL and NHLPA announced on Friday, which is today. This is, this is what they've uh, said basically uh, in their, in their uh, statement. The postponement of the league's 2020 international games. The Boston Bruins and the National Predators were supposed to swear off in their 2020 
21 season opener in Prague, Czech Republic. The Bruins and the Predators are also were also going to complete their training camps in Germany and Switzerland, respectively. Later in the fall, the Colorado Avalanche and the Columbus Blue Jackets were slated for a pair of regular season games in Helsinki, Finland. The NHL and uh, the NHLPA and the NHL remain committed to maintaining and growing our international presence. We hope that our fans overseas understand the need to postpone the 2020 games, but we look forward to bringing them back in the 20, in 2021. The league and the players association said via the release. So first of all, I like this. Why is Colorado becoming like the Chicago Blackhawks of the outdoor games to like the, like the Colorado has gone twice in three years, right? Or was it, or twice in four? I forget how many years it's been. Right. But geez, like at some point you stop going, man. Like Chicago had to stop playing outdoor games at some point, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jesus. But like, didn't the uh, I think the NFL did this as well. The NFL did this a few weeks ago, and the MLB also canceled their games. So it it's just in line with you know it's just you know next it's like the next domino to fall, right? You you're gonna see this happening. Uh, obviously I don't know if the NBA had any plans to go uh overseas uh next year, but uh if they did uh I'll be sure that those plans have been canceled. Uh, or they, or they have been, or they, or they will be, but I don't think, I don't think that anything's set in stone, but this, this just makes sense. Um, cause it's just following suit with all the other leagues, uh, that already have canceled their games. That's, that's all I, that's all I had there for, uh, uh, that little topic. Now we move on to some other news as, uh, apparently to, according to Bill Daly, as he told Sportsnet, Thursday afternoon, yesterday, he said everything is still on the table regarding the draft plans for this year. This is huge. As we know, as we know, the memo sent out uh, uh, May 1st uh, had had that had uh, had that statement saying we're not going to go with the every, every team's playing for the Stanley Cup. We're not going to do that. Uh, they talked about the hub cities and they talked about the new draft plan. That had only basically Ottawa and Detroit having the chance to win first overall pick. I actually looked into that and saw the graphic. In the NHL draft, normally, like today, the normal draft today, every team has a chance at first overall, but they have a higher chance at picking a pick above or pick behind or at their pick. This just eliminates that completely. Only the top three teams will have a chance at first overall, which is Detroit and Ottawa. And Ottawa, again, with San Jose's pick, right? Every other team has the ability to move up max four. And I think I read in that article, like, uh, New Jersey and Montreal had a chance still. But when I actually looked at it, I looked at a, uh, a chart with what it would be like. Montreal could only move up four more spots, which would probably be about fourth or fifth pick. So, yeah. So a lot of people are against it. I think what that's what they're going to get into here in this article that I'm about to read. But it's, it's, it's I'm telling you. And even I was, I was expecting Detroit to have like really big odds at winning first overall. But they only had 50, 53%. Now that's still big. Don't get me wrong. But I was expecting more like a 70 to 30%. Uh, to get first or second, like 70% to get first, 30 to get second. But no, it was, it was 
53 to 47. I was like, holy cow, are you kidding me? Like that makes me feel good for the Sens, man. They have we have two chances of getting first overall. Well, I almost knocked down little fake plants back there again. Oh boy. But no, like to be honest, yeah. The, <laughs> for as if I am, if I am being uh if I'm being totally um if I'm being totally biased Sens fan here, I'm going woohoo. <laughs> this is fantastic. But if I have to be, uh, you know, neutral here, I'd have to say teams will probably not like that because every team has a chance of getting the, oh, the first overall pick in the draft normally. But with this, it's down to only three, four teams, and it is just garbage. But well, let's get into this article here. So this is what it says. In Daly's May 1st memo, he indicated that a minimum of one month lead time would be needed to, uh, would be needed to plan and conduct a virtual draft. At that point, it would believe that the NHL uh, was eyeing a June 5th as as the date to hold it, although options later in the month have been considered as well, which is why we have not heard probably anything yet. Despite facing significant pushback from the general managers, the NHL believe there is value in holding a draft at the time when the sporting calendar is on hold because of, the, because of COVID-19. Recent drafts held by the NFL and the WNBA, which drew record audiences, and provided fresh content, fresh content, fresh content for those leagues. Some NHL teams are uncomfortable with the idea of seeing the draft lottery conducted with the regular season still incomplete. Although that might, although that concern might end up being moot, with recent discussions centering the possibility of jumping straight to a 2014 playoff upon restart. There were also issues raised by GMs who didn't like that they would, they would, they would be prevented uh, from remarking their rosters with trades involving active players during the draft held while the league was on pause. Daly acknowledged those concerns in the memo, in his memo to teams last week, but made a case uh, for pushing ahead towards a June draft anyway. In addition to, uh, to the marketing benefits, he pointed to the fact that there would be a small off-season window to stage a draft uh, in the event the league managed to hand out a Stanley Cup in 2020, something he said wouldn't happen before mid-September at the earliest, as this is what he said. Quite frankly, whether we decide to do it uh, to do, uh, there is no way under these uh, most unusual circumstances for us to remain uh, the status quo. Uh, we do believe that there are valid reasons to consider moving forward with the June draft, which would appear on balance to have more upside potential and predictability for the clubs and the league. All right. So this means a few things. Why... Why are they talking about a June draft once again? The season's not at all over. Uh, the season's not over. You know, what if GMs want to trade players that are on their team, right? They, they can't do that, right? And as well, I would like to say that why are they saying June draft? And again, they said the season's not over. So there's still lots of teams that still have a chance to make the playoffs or don't, right? I... I, I, I do agree with the June draft and all this and all that, but I do think that you um, um if they held if they hold this draft, I think the best way to say it is just the season's over, man. I don't know why, but maybe they they're just gonna find some way around it or whatnot, but man, I, I just I just don't understand about why, man. So but we have not heard anything, and they're also they said here they're pushing back, right? So, 
this means this means that a there there haven't the discussions of this memo have been gone wild because there's probably some teams saying let's let's do it because I bet that's probably a lot of the teams that are not even in the playoffs right there's no point right and as well the GMs that like are in the playoffs or still not in the playoffs technically want to say no we 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 want to keep playing here we don't want this we don't want this draft happening until you know October November right and so I I thought I was expect I was expecting something on May fifth. It's now May eighth. Still nothing. So whenever they 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 say we have we have we're going forward with it. Wait a month. Add a month to that time, and then we'll probably have some type of schedule for if the draft is happening now or later, right? So we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. But at least there's conversation. And then again, I could go rant about the MLB, but I'm not. Because at least people are talking. But publicly, not privately. All right. So when we come back, hey, listen, once again, good news today. We have plenty of good news today. Practice facilities for the NBA opening up and as well for the Raptors. So when we come back, we'll talk about the Raptors. And the facilities open up, man. Let's go. Today is just full of good news, like I've said multiple times on this episode, but it gets even better today, as I have an article here talking about the practice facilities for the Raptors opening up, and even Ontario uh, soon, sooner or later. It says this, the Toronto Raptors will move a baby step closer to normality uh, Monday with the reopening of their training center and voluntary individual workouts. So they're not opening up today, they're opening up later, as, actual, uh, uh, as some NBA teams are actually opening today. I don't know who yet, but... Uh, the NBA has said that if you want, if you, if you're, if you're able to do so open up today or as soon as possible, the Ontario government paved the way Friday, easing restrictions on pro sports teams by allowing them to open their training facilities, providing they follow their league's established health and safety protocols in response to COVID-19. The Raptors said that the OVO train, uh, uh, sorry, athletic center will reopen Monday for individual on-court sessions with strict guidelines in place. The NBA suspended this the season on March 11th after Rudy Gobert tested posit- positive for uh, coronavirus, and all teams stayed home. Had to stay home uh, a few days later. We all knew that. Uh, and then they they talk about here the Raptors were 46 and 18, uh, and they uh, they well they 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 were that. Then they were second in the East before uh, uh, the whole league shut down. And it's, it goes on here. There's no word on resumption of play in the NBA uh, with NBA commissioner Adam Silver saying repeatedly that the league has not yet uh, is not yet in position to take as to make any such decision. Friday, however, was circled as the league's earliest date to open teams training facilities. Lisa McLeod, we all know her as Canadian as Ontario's minister of heritage of heritage, sport, tourism, and cultural industries, said the NBA had taken a, a leading role in regards it uh, in regards its in regards to its health and safety protocols. She said she's working with Major League Baseball's Blue Jays, the NHL's Maple Leafs and Sanders, and the CFL's Argonauts, Tiger Cats, and uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks, as well as others on what on what a safe return would look like for them. While it is imperative uh, to do everything, we can stop, uh, we can, we can, we can do, oh, holy cow, while it is imperative uh, to do everything, we can, we can to stop, 
the spread of COVID-19, we, we need to care, uh, carefully and cautiously begin to reopen the economy, she said in a statement. This is a critical sector of Ontario as sport represents more than $12.6 billion to Ontario's uh, economy and thousands across uh, the province. Well, I think you could probably lose a bit, about $2 million, $20 million on that because uh, CFL lost that. So I'm just kidding. Uh, we look forward to seeing our athletes return to play in the, in the not-too-distant future, Seattle. With the MLS uh, already having opened opened the door to individual workouts uh, outdoors at tra- training centers, uh, Toronto FC is in the process of getting its protocol approved by the league and local authorities. An announcement on TFC's individual workouts is expected in the next few days. Uh, should I have that in, in the podcast? Let me know. At Adam underscore Zucala on Twitter. Uh, the NHL has yet to allow uh, training to resume, but Friday's announcement by the uh, pl- provincial government allows Leaf players to undergo rehab to be able to go back to the Ford Performance Center, the team's t- training facility. Uh, players requiring rehab that uh, could not be done at home initially were having it done. Uh, were having it done at the training facility. Then it was switched to Scotiabank Arena after local authorities changed their guidelines. While NBA guidelines allow four players at a time in the pra- practice facility the Raptors will only have one player at a time in the building. General Manager Bobby Webster said the team felt more comfortable with the one-player limit. He said about half the team is currently in the city, and almost all of those have indicated interest in individual workouts. This is this obviously brings up the idea of the other half who are not in Canada, he added. We plan to adhere to all the guidelines and travel restrictions here as well. Whether the players who currently out, who, who currently outside the country could return uh, would depend on their individual immigration status, Web, said Webster. The GM said he believed the majority of his roster currently had had an access to a basket. A team spokesman later said that most of the players in Toronto uh, lived in apartments or condos who did not have access to a basket. Uh, the Raptors are limiting the training center access to, to allow players time on court for uh, activities such as shooting that generally cannot be done at home. Uh, the player working out will be accompanied by one coach with no overlap between the groups. The space and equipment, including basketballs, will be thoroughly cleaned after each player uses it in the building, or after each player uses the building, sorry. The practice court will be the only area used by players and coaches. The rest of the building, uh, from locker rooms to weight rooms, will remain co- closed. Players will have to wear masks at all times, except when on court. And staff members will wear gloves and masks at all times in the building. And I think I also mentioned uh, in the last podcast or whatnot that head coaches are not allowed. So this is just really, this is really just... You know, defensive coaches, uh, or, or you know, the the uh, maybe the, like all the like the the training coaches. I think uh, the guy who's been doing the isolation challenges for the Raptors. I forget his name. Oh, geez, David. I think it's named David. I don't know, but he's one. He's like their fitness trainer. He'll probably be allowed in there. So we'll see how that goes. But listen, it's the start, and I think, like I said, the NFL has a timeline. The NBA says it's it's a go now, right? Uh, Raptors on Monday, and teams will open up later on down the road. Um, uh, not all the teams, like I've mentioned and I've ranted before, are not opening at the same time, which I don't like. Uh, as well as uh, the NHL, no complete timetable yet, but they are in heavy discussions. Uh, MLB, man, <laughs> why do I, why do I have a grudge against MLB all of a sudden? I don't know. Like. There's been nothing, but listen, that's all I got for that. All right. So NBA is returning, man. At some point, obviously Adam Silver, uh, one of my favorite commissioners um, that I've seen, 
he says they're, they, they're, they're, they're in no position to return. And I think that's fine. You know, you have to take it slow, right? And, well, don't go MLB slow. But <laughs> they have Walt Disney World open to them, right? Walt Disney World is actually opening. Well, not Walt Disney World, but like it's a shopping district or whatnot, I heard, later this month. So we'll see that. Uh, we'll see people going back to Disney World to shop. Why would you do that? Who knows? But uh, we'll see what happens with that. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the opening weekend in the Bundesliga, the first major sports league that is opening back up to games. Well, not well. I well, well, well first of all, I want to actually say this: that uh, the Korean Baseball League opened. That's pretty major. I think even the Taiwan, the Taiwan uh, League, I heard is actually adding fans back. That's that's incredible. People are going to be able to watch baseball games. But I'm going to say first um, first commonly known major sports league. I know the Korean League is still commonly known, but it's not as big as the Bundesliga. So we'll talk about that after the break and uh, their opening schedule and what has it to offer. So we'll be right back. As I said before we went to break, the first major uh, soccer league, I should probably go with soccer league, right? Because that's not fair to the Korean Baseball League, like I said just before break. The first major soccer league is returning to action uh, on the May 15th, uh, 16th, sorry, weekend. Sorry, I don't know why I said 15th, but May, oh, I was thinking about the NFL, right? So May 16th weekend, the Bundesliga or the Deutsche Football League or the DFL, as it mentions here in this article. Is opening back up. So it says the Bundesliga was suspended on the eve of match day of match day number 26 on March 13th, and and the DFL agreed to continue with the standard calendar. All games will be held behind closed doors amid the ban on mass gatherings in Germany until August 31st. Among the matches to be played, the Bundesliga returns on May 16th uh, will be the rival derby between Borussia Dortmund and FC Schlag 04. With the two sets of fans having a long, uh, a long-standing rivalry, so that'll be the first big game of uh, the season. Leaders Bayern Munich, my club, will be away to Union Berlin on May seventeenth, and Klassiker uh, and the Klassiker between Dortmund and Bayern is set to be played on May twenty-sixth or twenty-seventh. So, pretty big two games for my club the first two weeks. Bayern Munich are vying an eighth consecutive title for holding uh, and holding a four-point lead over Borussia Dortmund, um, RB Leipzig, Bayer Leverkusen, and Borussia Mönchengladbach. Jeez, uh, all these names. Uh, complete complete the five teams competing for the Bund, uh, for the Bundesliga's four championship league places. Schlag, Lorfsburg, Freiburg, Hoffenheim, and Cologne are battling for a maximum of two Europa League places. While at the bottom, Paderborn and Werder Bremen need to make up a six, a, a six and four point gap, respectively, to reach the relegation playoff place, which is which is held by Fortuna Dusseldorf. While the DFL hope to complete this uh, the league by June thirtieth, the playoffs uh, between the sixteenth place Bundesliga club and the third place Bundesliga two club is planned for July. So, uh. Listen, you got you got football to watch. I also have news uh, to where to watch it. Uh, if you're in Canada, I think. Well, I don't know what's going to be in America. If you were listening in America, I have no clue. But in Canada, 
uh, if you have Sportsnet, uh, they'll be broadcasted on Sportsnet 1, or actually just regular Sportsnet because nothing else is being played. Regular Sportsnet, Sportsnet 1, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet World. I don't think I have Sportsnet World, but I have all the rest of the so I have the rest of the three, so I'll be able to watch, hopefully, if they're playing the Bayern Munich matches. And I think, honestly, I'll probably watch other matches, too, that are going on. Uh, I think the Bayern Munich matches start at 12. It's on at 12. So I'll be able to watch that uh, on, uh, I think that's on a Sunday, right? The 17th. But hey, exciting times as well, right? Uh, what, was, what else I was going to say? Also, there's no news on Champions, Champions League, right? Because Bundesliga is the first league, and I think the Turkish League is coming back. But you need the entire rest of the league and the teams to come back to have the Champions League, which uh, stopped, uh, I think it was in the round of uh, 16 or the, the quarterfinals. Uh, they stopped in the quarterfinals to move uh, forward in in those in that championship uh, uh, tournament. So, listen, you got you got the Bundesliga coming back. Uh, if you want, if you're interested in Turkish football, Turkish football is back. You got the Korean league. It's all going to come full circle, ladies and gentlemen, to when we start seeing our American sports leagues, the five major sports leagues, come back and start playing. That's all I have for the European soccer. When I come back, I'm gonna, I'm going to do a little research now. What I what did I miss? What did I miss in this episode? If I did miss anything, uh, and if not, I'll come back uh, come back with news or not, and we'll close out the episode. So we'll be right back with our our closing segment. All right, we are back with our closing here, and I I, I there's not much. Not like last episode where we had like four different things. Uh, but uh, one thing is today is that uh, Premier Ontario Premier uh, Ford said that Ontario golf courses are to, are to open soon. He is just awaiting the chief medical officer advice of what they should do and when they should open it uh, or like what they will have to do to uh, make sure that it's safe and uh, it's safe for everyone just to, Go go play a, a a round of golf, whether it be nine or eighteen holes. I play nine myself. I can't do eighteen, or I can do eighteen. It's just it's just dogged by the end of it, honestly. So that's all I have for today's episode. I like to thank all of you for uh, listening in to this episode. I'd rather be on Anchor or on uh, uh, Spotify or Apple Podcast or Breaker or whatever else you're using. I gotta learn all of them. I, I always forget to put them down. Uh, Listen, we've gotten some big news today. I'm very happy that this episode was kind of happy because uh, I, I thought on Monday or on whatever my, that, that one bad episode was, uh, I thought it would be hard to have an uh, episode that was even better. But now it looks like it will be hard to find an episode that's even worse than that. Uh, but listen, there, there's I can't, I can't say it enough. You, we wait, we stay inside, we stay healthy. Uh, sports will come. Sports will come to us in a way, in a shape, or, in some way, shape, or form. And they've have, and they have, because we're we are we are staying in those guidelines, and we're not we're not being idiots out there. If you be an idiot, just just piss off. All right, all right. Don't be an idiot. Be smart. Be safe. Um, if you want to follow me on uh, Twitter. That Adam underscore Zucal. That is Z U C C A L A. Uh, I'd like to thank you guys all for listening again. Uh, and I'll I'll see you guys all on Monday. All right. So throughout this weekend, if you need to stay inside, stay inside. <laughs>
All right. But stay home for most part, unless you have to really go out. Stay home, stay safe, stay healthy. See you guys on Monday.